Welcome to Blitzcast, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to another episode of Blitzcast. Ed and Alex are back in the house, and at the top of the show, we're going to talk about the Redskins. Uh, Seven years ago, I remember Daniel Snyder going on TV, the owner of the Washington Redskins NFL team, and he said he would never, ever change his team's nickname to to anything else. Redskins were here to stay. On Monday, he changed his tune. The team is officially retiring the franchise nickname and logo, and they're currently working uh, on a new nickname for the Washington team. Ed... Where, where do you stand on this issue? I mean, I, I think it's just a complete mess what's going on in Washington. Um, you know, everything from, you know, the sexual harassment allegations to, you know, stories of Jay Gruden and uh, Capri Bibbs sleeping with the same woman to pretty much. I mean, it, it just it just I mean, it sounds like a fraternity house there. I mean, it just I mean, this this. This, this franchise has been embarrassed in the news. And, I mean, there's going to be an investigation. And, you know, Dan Snyder wants an unbiased an investigation. And I'm, I'm interested to hear. I mean, because I, I can really look at this from two scenarios. One, this place is a frat house. And the other the other way I can see it is, you know, this is an election year in the U.S. And, um, you know, obviously we, we've seen the killing of George Floyd and, uh, activism around Black Lives Matter. And, you know, we, there's been a lot of conversations around race. And so obviously, you know, th- there's, there's a big portion of the U S that sees, that sees basically the Washington Redskins nickname as racist. And so, I mean, this is, if, if there's any time like the present, I mean, to go after their name and to go after Daniel Snyder, I mean, this is it. So I, I can really see it two ways. So I, I hope they do an investigation and, you know, we find out the truth. And, um, you know, that's that's really that's really where I'm at with this Redskins thing. Well, this is a money issue when it comes to the logo and the nickname. I mean, apparently it's it's the big corporate organizations that, that put the pressure on Dan Snyder and the Redskins, FedEx. A major sponsor that that owns the naming rights on on the team's stadium publicly requested Snyder to change the team's name. Apparently, Nike stopped marketing the Washington team's merchandise on its website. There were other sponsors as well that got behind it. Pepsi, Bank of America. It's $45 million in lost revenue that it was going to cost Daniel Snyder if he was going to be stubborn enough to, to keep the name. But the other thing that Ed mentioned is the report that has come out about the Redskins. It's just the bombshell report about the toxic culture at Redskins Park. And I'm just curious, can can Daniel Snyder survive this? I mean, he took over the team in 1999. This team hasn't won a lot. I mean, he's hired some coaches out there like Steve Spurrier and, and Marty Schottenheimer. The last time that this team was in the playoffs was when uh, Robert Griffin was relevant as a rookie quarterback with Mike Shanahan when they went to the playoffs. The Redskins haven't been relevant. And I just, I have a feeling that this might be the end of Daniel Snyder's reign. 
And you, you know, I mean, I mean, maybe this is a good thing for the NFL. I mean, you just just from a you know just from a Redskins fan standpoint, is you know Daniel Snyder. Sure, he's gone out and gotten big free agent names, but you know, has he has he really done a good job getting good free agents? You know, free agents who actually produce. I mean, that's something to consider. I mean, has he won? You've you've kind of outlined he really hasn't won. So, I mean, I I think I think I think this the, the you know some of these changes might be the best thing for for not just not just the not just the Redskins but the NFL. I mean, you know, if they can change the name, you know, to something that's not offensive, not you know, doesn't remind us of a you know sort of a tragedy in in U.S. history and. Um, you know, we can we can move on to, you know, another name that, um, you know, and, and really and really, you know, our, our, our kids and our grandkids can kind of see can kind of see a, a new organization in Washington that, you know, has a better name and has a better has a better leadership. I'm quite certain of one thing that the NFL season will occur. I have great doubts that the college football season will go on and two more conferences have canceled uh, their 2020 fall season they there are going to return in the spring apparently it's the patriot league that you and i talked about with craig haley a few weeks ago and then it's the PSAC as well uh, another d2 uh, conference out there and i'm i'm sure other D2 conferences and FCS conferences will follow after this. I mean, what do you think? I mean, it's just, it looks, with each and every passing day, it looks less likely that we'll have a 2020 college football season. Well, I, I mean, just a, just as, a, I mean, without without thinking about the health you know i'm i'm not gonna, i'm going to talk about the health you know of the players in a second but just as a football fan i mean this sucks you know what i mean just uh, this sucks i mean you know the pandemic everything losing college football i mean i love watching college football on saturday i love following what's going on it sucks and you know if we if we lose if we lose the the bcs I mean that that would I mean those are the those are the big games I mean you know it, I mean it, it's 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 going to put a damper on the fall. Um, on the other hand, I mean you know we have to protect the players, but I mean one of, one of my worries about the players is you know are these guys going to lose a year of eligibility? Are these guys going to be ready for the NFL draft in a year or two? Or you know you know how are they going to correct this so that you know these these players get justice? I think apparently what's going to happen if we do have a lost season that most of the seniors will get their one year of eligibility back. But uh, anybody that wants to sit out and possibly enter the NFL draft for various reasons, you might be 23 or 24 years old. You, you can't wait another year. Apparently there are plenty of players out there and agents have been talking about this some some guys on twitter that apparently many players are willing to sit out the year and not return in 2021 but enter the nfl draft so it's going to be i think i mean how the player decides it's going to be their right and if he's eligible for the nfl draft whether he's a junior or a senior i think he's going to be able to to enter it and whoever wants to return will be able to recoup that that year and i think most small school players will go back 
because obviously you need another year in order to showcase your skills. But a lot of FBS players, Division One players, I think especially guys that are projected to be first round or day two picks, I'm sure they'll they'll bolt. They'll enter the NFL draft. So it's going to be a tricky situation in that regard. But um, we'll, we'll stay tuned. Uh, but I'm just, I'm really pessimistic about the whole situation. And again, the NFL season will occur. College football season right now as we speak and in the middle of July, it's really in jeopardy. Let's move on like we're going to have a college football season. We're continuing to do the previews of different conferences. And um, we're, Big Ten is up next. That's the conference that we decided to focus on. It's, it's a conference that Ohio State Buckeyes have ruled for a while under Urban Meyer. Last year, we saw Matt Day took over, and he didn't miss a beat. I mean, the recruiting was great. Justin Fields was on fire, and Ohio State was the top dog in the Big Ten again. So is anything going to change, Ed? Are the, is Ohio State still the best team in this conference? I mean, Ohio State is hands down the best team in this conference. And, I mean, losing this season for Ohio State would be terrible because they have a lot of things going for them. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll have Justin Fields who will be returning. He's a dual-threat quarterback. He can do both. Um, you know, this would be Ryan Day's second year, so you know he's had an off. He's well, I mean, he hasn't had a full off season, but you know he's he's had control of this team for a little while. He's been able to recruit some players. Um, this team has a high degree, you know, high pedigree recruit at every position. Um, I don't think any other college football team can say that. Um, you know, their only loss in 2019 was to Clemson. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's like they're, they're coming off some momentum. I mean, you know, obviously they, they got to the final four and they weren't that team, but I mean, they, they put up a good fight against Clemson too. And I think the offense is going to be fine. And I don't have a problem with the offense. I mean, they've got Justin Fields, they've got a running back factory, you know, they got some guys, they got a guy transferring from Oklahoma. Uh, they've got Master Teague. They've got some, I don't worry about their wide receivers because they seem to reload every year. Their offensive line is going to be fine. They've got some guys up front. My worry is their defense. They lose Chase Young. Uh, they lose a couple of guys at the linebacking core. They lose most of their secondary. I realize that Ohio State is DBU. Uh, they have been recently, but they've lost Jeffrey Akuda, Damon Arnett. I mean, those are huge losses a corner out there. Do you think they have enough um, to on defense? Uh, they just they will have a lot of young players, but can they keep it up? Do you see this team going to the college football playoff? I I mean, if they play the season, I I I definitely see them. I, I in fact. In fact, I think I think they might even be. I mean, you could even make a good argument that this is the national championship team. This is the deepest team in in college football. I'm going to play devil's advocate here because I think I always go against Ohio State. So I figure, why change this year? I think I've picked Michigan the last two seasons to win the Big Ten. Now I don't have any faith in Jim Harbaugh. I probably should go with Michigan a third time because <laughs> they most likely will win because I'm not picking them. But I'll go with Penn State. and I think they're the best team in the Big Ten. Hear me out. Uh, they've got a very talented running back in Jordan Brown. They've got a couple of guys at receiver, Jahan Dotson, Pat Fryermuth, 
at tight end is is one of the best tight ends in the nation. They've got the best offensive line, maybe even in the nation, but in the Big Ten for sure. They lost a lot of pieces on defense. I, I, I get that. I mean, I think they only return five defensive starters back, but they've got Micah Parsons back. They've got a good defensive line. If they clean up and, and get better play in the secondary, I think they're going to be all right. The only X factor coming back is, is Sean Clifford, a quarterback, because Ohio State has got Justin Fields. Sean Clifford is a big question mark. Can he come up big in in those games? But Penn State gets Ohio State at home in Happy Valley, so they don't have to go out there to Columbus. And... Um, I just think Penn State and James Franklin have something cooking. And I think this is the year. I, I think they'll, they'll have enough on defense, but that offense is going to be dr- the driving force behind them overtaking Ohio State. I know it's a long shot, but again, I, I pick against Ohio State every year. So I figured, why change now? I looked at the best team that could threaten them, and I just think it's Penn State. And so I'm I'm going with the Nittany Lions here. How about a team on the rise? How about a surprise team in the Big Ten? Well, let's talk about the Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, this quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., um, very underrated guy. Um, they have eight starters returning on offense, seven starters returning on defense. Um, you know, sort sort of their up and coming starters. You know, the guys who haven't started yet, very strong. Um, you know, Coach Tom Allen is playing with mostly players he's recruited now. He's been there about four or five years. Uh, you know, I think he's been there four years. So, I mean, this is, you know, he's got his team. He's got his guys. And I think I think this is, this is going to be a team that's going to be sneaky good. I'm glad you mentioned them because Indiana had a good year last year. And if people haven't been paying attention, they really have, the Hoosiers have been playing some good football as of late um, under Allen. And I just think Indiana could be 7-0 when it hosts Penn State at home on, on Halloween. They do have some guys on offense, and I think their defense is good. They've got playmakers on both sides of the ball. And don't sleep on Indiana because I think the Hoosiers are, are definitely a surprise team. I, I concur, as they say. How about a, a disappointing team in the Big Ten? Who is bound to take that step back this year well i'm gonna go with michigan i i think i think this is jim harbaugh's last hurrah and i i I, to be honest with you things look bleaker than they have in previous years um you know they they only have three starters returning on offense um they're not really very talented on either line of scrimmage they don't have a clear-cut quarterback i mean it could be dylan mccaffrey could be joe milton um you know they they just I mean, Harbaugh, I mean, and the, and the Wolverines haven't beat Ohio State. And I just, to be honest with you, I mean, Michigan Michigan was very streaky last year. And to be honest with you, I, I think I think it's time for a change. I think it's time for a change for a head coach. And I think they need to get things. I mean, and, and it's sad because, you know, Harbaugh, I mean, he, he's from Marion Arbor. And, you know, we thought this was the match made in heaven. You know, he'd come from the NFL and, you know, he'd bring some of that to the college game. And, you know, this is uh, this is an area he would dominate. And this just hasn't worked out. I mean, this has been this is a small tragedy. So that's it. Ed is calling for for Harbaugh's head out there if he doesn't deliver. You think he goes back to the NFL? I mean, it seems like the only spot for him. He had success with the 49ers. He doesn't have to be, you know, a great recruiter out there. Do you think he goes back to uh, to the pro league? 
I think he's going to have to have a prove it job. I mean, I, I, I really, I really do. I think, I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to, it's not, it's not going to be an NFL head coaching job. It's going to be like a coordinator job or something like that. It's not, it's not a, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if it'd be as low as him being a special teams coach again, but you know, he's not, he's not gonna, he's not gonna, he's not gonna just get that top NFL job. Um, from anyone I, I i don't i don't think you know and and maybe maybe he might have to go to another college team i mean maybe he has to go to uh you know uh you know sort of a similar a similar team you know maybe like an sec team that's trying to rebuild you know maybe like a like a tennessee or something like that i i think i think it's i i think i think that's i, I think he's he, he's gonna have to prove himself again Interesting. I, I just think a few NFL teams that are down right now, maybe like the New York Jets, they would love to have him. I'm sure they would love to replace him and bring him on board because Harbaugh is that fiery guy that, that brings the energy out there. I would love to hire you know Harbaugh for a, a low NFL team that's just not getting it done right now. Um, you know, since you went with the team from Ann Arbor, you went with Michigan, I'll go with the other Michigan team. I'll go with Michigan State from East Lansing. Last year, they finished 7-6. and six. They're bringing in a new head coach from Colorado. I just think this is the first time that Michigan State is going to miss a bowl game in a while. I just, I don't see it. They, they've lost a lot of pieces on defense. Uh, they lost their uh, starting quarterback couple of years um now you know he's been there i just think michigan state has a lot of pieces that it has to replace and i just think this is going to be the first losing season that that the spartans will endure and they they haven't done that in a while they've always hung on in there they've always had a winning record and gone to the ball game but i just think they're bound to take a step back and it's unfortunate for a guy like mel tucker who is who is taking over um, how about prospects, Ed? Obviously, the Big Ten has a lot of prospects out there on offense and defense. Give us some some key guys that we should be uh, keeping an eye on as far as seniors and uh, those guys that are projected to be first round or day two underclassmen. Well, when draft season comes around, you're going to hear Justin Fields' name a lot. They're going to talk about they're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence and they're going to talk about Justin Fields. I mean, he's mobile in the pocket. He's a good running quarterback. Um, you know, he's also pr- pretty accurate. I mean, he's accurate. I think he has decent arm talent. I think he has some zip on his passes. Um, you know, he's he he is that sort of modern quarterback who can open up defenses with, you know, sort of the ability to throw and make the throws, but also also tuck it in and run. And so, uh, you know, I, I think I think I think somebody's gonna is, is gonna really like him. And I think I think it I think he's gonna be a high pick. I mean, I think he's like, you know, he's in that sort of, you know, Justin Herbert territory, you know, top five, top top six, you know, Justin Herbert or, you know, Tua Tung Viola territory as far as getting drafted. I don't think there's as much quarterback talent going into this draft as there was last year, but I still think, I still think he, I think, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be highly touted in the draft. Um, but there's others. I mean, uh, you know, his, his left tackle, um, you know, I think, I think, I think, you know, being, being the left tackle for Ohio state, I think he's going to get some attention in the draft. Um, I don't love his tape. Um, in fact, are you talking about Munford? Munford, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just, 
you know, I, I think I, I don't love his tape. I think he needs a better kick slide. I think he's his feet aren't as good for, as a pass blocker. I think he needs to square better as a run blocker. But I mean, the fact is, is that you know he is he is the blind side for the Ohio State Buckeyes, and for for that reason, you know he he is going to be drafted by somebody. Uh, Let's stay with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Do you, do you have a couple of other names to to keep an eye on for the 2021 NFL Draft? They have a lot of guys out there, so and there's a couple of them that really just stand out above the rest. Well, I'd like to talk about Sean Wade. I mean, Ohio State, Ohio State has produced some corners and I mean, he's an aggressive guy, aggressive hitter, you know, he's gotten some targeting penalties, but he's always tough. Um, he's good in run support. I think he can cover a lot in the slot. I think he stays in cut phase and coverage well. Um, he might be more of a slot guy and I think I think this is actually a good year for slot guys. I think if you if you're looking for your slot guy, I think this is this is a year to a year to um to get one. Um, another guy from Ohio State is Chris Olave. Um, you know, just he's quick. He's a good run blocker. You know, he's versatile as far as you can line him up in different places. I think he's a decent run router, and I think he he has decent release off the line of scrimmage. So um, maybe 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 first, maybe how he does. But I think I think day two category is is very fair to say for Chris Olave. Yeah, keep an eye on him because he's a smooth route runner, and I think he's only going to get better uh, during his junior season. I think also keep an eye on Wyatt Davis, the offensive guard from Ohio State. You mentioned Thayer Munford. I think Wyatt Davis, offensive guard from Ohio State, is is a name to keep an eye on. And a linebacker, Tough Borland. I love that first name, Tough. He's always around the football, and I just think Borland is going to grab the spotlight plenty of times next fall. He's a guy to, to keep an eye on on defense. Uh, let's go to to some other teams out there. Let's let's mention some other prospects. Well, I I really like this kid Rashad Bateman. I mean, I think he's just just a very good route runner, advanced route runner. I think he's shifty getting off the line of scrimmage. I think you know he'll have a good release because I think he I think he he has the moves to get off the line. Um, he's a great runner after the catch. Actually, you can throw a screen to him and he does well. He has great explosion as a runner. I mean, he's got, he's got, he's got great foot speed. I think he's going to time well at the combine. Um, yeah, I think he's a four, four guy. And I think he's legitimately four, four. He gets a smooth release off the line. I'm glad that you mentioned he's a really advanced, precise route runner and he catches the ball away from his body. And, I think right now Rashad Bateman is kind of in that sleeper category in terms of he's a day two guy, like round two. But I think if we do have a season, he's just going to explode with another year and he's going to get into that first round conversation because especially with Tyler Johnson moving on, he was kind of the go-to guy at Minnesota last year. And um, uh, this year, I think Bateman is just going to, steal that spotlight but he's also got a quarterback in Tanner Morgan I'm not saying he's you know uh Justin Fields type of prospect but he's very accurate and he throws with anticipation and uh you know he has good field vision I think he needs to improve under pressure because at times he panics and takes too many sacks out there sometimes might throw in an errant pass out there but when he's given a, a clean pocket Tanner Morgan can just pick you apart and I think last year we saw that 
and he's the quarterback of the Minnesota Gophers. And another corner I wanted to mention from Minnesota, his name is Benjamin St. Juiced. He's from Canada. He initially played at Michigan. He transferred to Minnesota, but he's big. I mean, he's like 6'3", 6'4", but he moves really well. Uh, he needs to improve his ball skills, needs to come up with a few more interceptions because at this point he has zero picks throughout his career. But I just, I love that that size and speed combination. I mean, he's just, he engulfs those wide receivers and stays with them because he's so long and he's got those long arms. So Benjamin St. Juiced from Minnesota is, is another name to keep an eye on. You know, we still haven't mentioned, we've gone through the preview. I think we've been talking about these prospects for seven or eight minutes. We still haven't mentioned Micah Parsons. Parsons is an unbelievable linebacker prospect who's who's only going to get better as a junior. Yeah, I mean, I I think he's he, he's you know your typical first round guy. Um, you know, maybe maybe like taken at fifteen. You know, could you could you say mid mid first round pick? I mean, you know, I, it's it's too early to say, but I think you know we saw Devin White. Chosen by the Bucks uh, with the fifth overall pick. I think you're being, you know, low on him. I think Parsons is definitely a top seven pick. I think people are taking linebackers now in the top ten more frequently. We saw it with Isaiah Simmons last year. Uh, again, Devin White was chosen with the fifth overall pick. I can see Parsons being a top five pick because Ed. When you turn on the film with Parsons, I mean, he was an athlete coming out. He was he didn't play linebacker in high school, and he is he still he still has room to improve. But the athleticism, the sideline to sideline speed against Memphis in the bowl game, I think it was the the single best defensive performance that I saw last year. I realized that Chase Young took over some games. But Micah Parsons just took over that game in the ball game against Memphis. I mean, he was all over the field. He was making tackles. He was coming up with sacks. And not only was he getting after the quarterback, but he was just he was stripping the ball from them. I mean, he's a guy that's always looking to to strip the ball from the ball carrier or the quarterback. And that's what he was doing against Memphis. And I saw a glimpse of what this guy could be. And this guy could be special. And I just think during that junior year, he's bound to even become even better if you can. Right now, we're just seeing little little glimpses of what he can do. But he's already a special prospect. I'm seeing a top five, top ten pick. I just think Parsons is one of my favorite prospects in the 2021 NFL draft, especially on the defensive side. And I think he might be my favorite prospect on the defensive side. So I, I love Micah Parsons. But there's also a tight end. At Penn State, uh, that that deserves some attention as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's gotten the nickname Baby Gronk. Um, you know, I I, th- I think I think what they like about him is he's a really good route runner. Um, you know, a guy who can get separation and yeah, I, I mean, I I, th- I think he's you know I think he's he, he's a first round candidate. I mean, generally teams don't put a high priority on tight ends, but you know if you can if you can change your receiving game, I mean, they'll take you in the first round. So. Um, that's, that's a guy, I mean, uh, there's one guy I want to mention who, you know, maybe isn't getting like a lot of the attention, but it's, it's a guy I like. And, uh, you know, I, I love me, my, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, uh, offensive lineman. And this is the, this guy is the blind side for them. Um, 
I like how he's aggressive. I mean, I can see him like take on multiple multiple defenders um, and blocking. I mean, he he just has that kind of aggressiveness and presence of mind. Um, you know, maybe his feet are a little weak, but he, I mean, he he can really be a mauler as a run blocker. I mean, he he really has. He I mean, he he fulfills that tradition of just mauling guys in the run game. And I mean, he really helped Jonathan Taylor out last year. Um, I think he's a decent pass blocker and. So I mean I mean you know maybe he's not in the first round category right now but I mean I I I I wouldn't be surprised I mean maybe he gets better in the pass blocking department and then he becomes a first round guy. Well let's talk about a couple other offensive linemen because Big 10 always produces very good offensive linemen. We mentioned some guys from Ohio State, we mentioned the Wisconsin offensive linemen, but there are a couple of guys at Iowa and Iowa always produces offensive linemen every year. Alaric Jackson uh, he played opposite of Tristan Worfs. Worfs was a right tackle. Jackson was a left tackle. He, he was a bit banged up last year. He missed three games, and Worfs moved over and played left tackle. But Jackson is a very talented guy. And there's also a redshirt sophomore. He was a redshirt freshman last year. His name is Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. He's a center, and this guy's athletic. He might be a bit undersized, but I love the way he moves. Uh, he's a really good run blocker. He's a tough guy. I think he might be the top interior offensive lineman in next year's draft, even as a redshirt sophomore. Well, he's definitely the top center as far as I'm concerned in next year's draft. And this guy should be in the first-round conversation um, as well. So a couple of Iowa offensive linemen. And there's also a guy at Michigan, Jalen Mayfield. He's a right tackle. He's a very good run blocker. He's got good size. And Michigan offensive linemen always find their way onto NFL rosters. And I just think Mayfield could be that that high first round pick as well. Anybody else you, you want to mention or uh, are you uh, anybody else you want to mention as far as big 10 prospects? I, I I'm, I'm pretty well set. I mean, I, I, I've talked about all the guys I wanted to. I wanted to mention journey Brown, the, the running back from Penn state, because he's my top underclassman running back in next year's draft. This guy's got legitimate four, three speed. He's that home run hitter. And I thought as the season moved along, he got better. Uh, he got better at breaking tackles. He had that huge game against Memphis in the bowl game. And to me, Journey Brown is a name that could explode next year and could be mentioned along with Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. He's definitely, again, my top underclassman running back in next year's draft because the potential is scary. I wanted to mention a couple of wide receivers. I love wide receivers, so I wanted to mention them. Rondale Moore from Purdue. Uh, he only started for four games last year. He was injured. He's a redshirt sophomore, but this guy is electric with the ball in his hands. He breaks a lot of tackles. He's elusive in the open field. He's got good speed. Keep an eye on the Purdue wide receiver, Rondale Moore. Nico Collins from Michigan, a big wide receiver. Uh, I love this name from Illinois, Josh Imator Bebe. This guy, USC uh, transfer. Uh, this guy, turn on his YouTube. He apparently he his vertical jump is like 46, 47 out there. He's a big receiver, a deep threat. He's got very good speed and just jumps out of the gym. 
A uh, couple other guys, Wap Fillier from Indiana, a slot receiver. Amir Smith-Marset from Iowa. He's got very good speed, needs to become more consistent. And Jahan Dotson from Penn State is another name to, to keep an eye on. He's a wide receiver from the Nittany Lions. And keep an eye on Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon transferred from the Oklahoma Sooners to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, well, we all know that you know they obviously have some spots open at the running back position. They have Master T coming back, but he's recovering from an injury. Trey Sermon is an interesting name to, to keep an eye on because this guy was great in 2018 for the Oklahoma Sooners. And I think if he's healthy, uh, he can get back and, and have a t- terrific year out there like J.K. Dobbins. So a couple other names I wanted to mention, a few more seniors out there. Let's move on to the MAC preview, Ed. And the MAC was kind of an interesting division last year because Miami of Ohio won the MAC championship. Uh, I don't think anybody expected them to, to take that. Um, they were definitely the dark horse team. Nobody saw it coming. So who do you think is the best team in the MAC this year? Well, I, I think I think the experts are saying Buffalo, but I'm actually going to go with Toledo, um, and here's why. Um, I picked them last year, and they disappointed. And I think I think they're a little bit more hungry. Um, certainly, you know, quarterback is a little bit of a question mark, and I think that's why the experts aren't picking them. But you know, Eli Peters has made ten starts in his career. Um, most of their offensive line and skill position players are returning. Uh, you know, key positions at defense, they have experience. Um, and I, th- I think this defense will just be better in 2020. I, I, what I really see is I, I see a hungry team in the Toledo Rockets, and I think, I think they're the team that wins the MAC this year. Wow, you, you really went out on a limb. You picked the Buckeyes in the Big Ten. That's, that's a no-brainer. 99.9% of the people are picking that. But you really went out on a limb right there. I mean, Toledo went 6-6-6 six, six and six last year. It really interesting. I mean, you see the potential out there. I'll, I'll go with the experts. I'll take Buffalo. I, I just think they're primed right now. Uh, last year, they went 8-5. and five. This team has been getting better every year. And I just, look, their driving force is the running back, Jarrett Patterson. Uh, he's one of the better prospects in the MAC conference. He's a junior guy. He's got a twin brother at linebacker. Um, and I just think Buffalo is loaded. I mean, you just, you look at what they have, their offensive line. They've got some weapons out there on the at wide receiver, like Antonio Nunn on defense. They've got that defensive line, Malcolm Coons. He's leading the charge. They've got Tyron Hill in the back end as a safety. Buffalo is loaded, in my opinion, and that's why I'm I'm going with the Bulls. I just I think they're going to take the MAC championship this year. They're primed, and they found found a quarterback as well last year. Van Trees had a good year when he came in and uh, when he took over, and so. They've got a balanced offensive attack. Obviously, they still want to play good defense and run the football. That's the recipe for success for Buffalo. But I'm, I'm definitely taking Buffalo in, in the MAC. I just think this is their year. Uh, in terms of the surprise team, a team that will uh, shock some people this year, who is it? You know, I, I like the Ohio Bobcats. And, and hear me out. Um, you know, they have a good coach in Frank Solich. I mean, he's 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 one of the winningest coaches. I think he is the winningest coach in Mac history. He has a record of one thirteen and eighty one. 
they have nine of 11 starters return on defense, 11, seven of 11 starters returning on offense. Um, so they have an interesting situation. Nathan Rook has been their quarterback for the past few years, but their younger brother, Curtis Rook, he's going to be taking over for him. And I think he steps in to an experienced offense. I think a lot of their offense will be in place and will be ready. And I think, I think Curtis Rook has all the tools to sort of step in and surprise some people. Yeah, I think our younger listeners don't remember this, but Frank Solich was a Nebraska head coach. Um, he had some success there, but they still ran him out of town. And he definitely has built something out there at the University of Ohio. But Ohio also got a quarterback transfer in Armani Rogers from UNLV. So I'm sure there's, if we do have a season, we continue to say this during this podcast, there might be a battle there between Rourke and uh, Armani Rogers, who has started for quite a bit, uh, quite a bit at UNLV. I'm going to go with Kent State. I just think it's another team that that's primed. They, I saw improvement from them in the 2019 season. Uh, the Golden Flashes improved their win total by five from the previous season, and I just think they have the best quarterback in the MAC in Dustin Croom. I liked what he did last year, the dual threat quarterback. I also feel like they have some weapons out there. Isaiah McCoy is the top receiver. Um, at, at Kent State. They've got an experienced offensive line. They need to solve some issues on defense. But like I said, I saw a lot of improvement out of Kent State last year. And Sean Lewis was in his second year at the job at that time. He's in his third year now. And I actually was tempted to pick Kent State as the top dog in, in the MAC conference just because I feel that good about their offense. But I, I had question marks about their defense when I started, you know, looking at the roster, and that's the reason why I went with Buffalo. But I think Kent State will definitely surprise a lot of people this year and continue to continue to get better. How about a disappointing team? Who, who is it? Well, I, I think this is going to surprise some people, but I think the Miami Redhawks. Um, I think there's a little hangover from, you know, winning the Mac. And I think, I think there, there's some really high expectations for this team in 2020 because of what they did last year. Um, I think their front seven is a little thin. Um, I think, I think Gabbert is going to have a good college career, but I think the expectations are a little too high for him as a sophomore. It, it's not that he's overhyped. I just, I, I mean, he still has some developing to do. I, what, what I really think is that I think they're going to be a good team in the Mac. But I just don't think they're gonna they're gonna be that top team, and you know the other thing is, is they lost some talent in the secondary. So um, I don't I, I say they're a disappointment. I don't think they'll be a huge disappointment, but they're 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 not gonna be the team that they're that that people are saying. I'm gonna go with the Western Michigan. I feel like they lost some pieces, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They lost running back Levante Bellamy, who we had on the show. They lost their quarterback John Wasink. They lost Giovanni Ritchie, the, the tight end. They get they still have Sky Moore, the, the talented, dangerous playmaker at receiver, and they have most of their starters back on the offensive line. But I think their secondary was miserable last year, and I just don't see them getting better. The defense is gonna carry the day because I think the offense will struggle a bit. I just I don't see Western Michigan having a winning record uh, this year. And this is a team that has had, has been above 500 almost every year. And, you know, for as long as I can remember, especially with PJ Fleck being there, 
he kind of rose, you know, he was able to get that program up a bit and they've kind of stayed there for a little bit, seven and six or eight and five. I think they're going to have a losing record this year because I think Western Michigan just doesn't have enough pieces on the offensive side of the ball. Everybody wants to hear, you know, everybody knows about those prospects in, in the Big Ten, Ed, but everybody wants to hear who your top prospects are in the MAC. I'm intrigued by this kid, Dustin Crum from uh, Kent State. Um, he doesn't throw a great deep ball, but he's surprisingly accurate with it. Um, I think he's a smart runner. What what I want to see from him is to throw in the pocket more and get get the ball out quicker. And I think if he becomes more of a pocket quarterback, I think he'll be better. Um, you know, so far so far certain with his with how he's played at Kent State, is he's he's had to rely on running the ball. And I think I think that he he'd do better sort of more in the pocket. He's a dual threat guy. That's what he is. I mean, that's it's part of his game. It's kind of like Justin Fields or Trey Lance out there. I mean, you you don't want to tone that down. He did have a lot of success. The one thing that really jumps out at him when he took over last year, and he didn't start the season opener. I think he came in like the second or the third game. But he only threw two picks. He was a really good game manager, and he took care of the football and made good decisions. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in his uh, senior year. Who else is out there, Ed? Well, I think there's a couple offensive linemen. Um, I like this kid Tommy Doyle from the Miami Redhawks. Uh, he's a left tackle. He's a mauler as a run blocker. He has good footwork as a pass blocker. Uh, he has long arms, and he uses them well. He knows how to use them. Um, I like his aggressiveness. And I, yeah, and, and I just, I, I think he, I think he, you know, if a defensive lineman's a good hand fighter, I think he, he, he's able to kind of fight with them. So, uh, Tommy Doyle is definitely a guy I, I'd, I'd look at, uh, from Miami. And, um, another offensive lineman I like is, uh, Coyote Awasika, um, from Buffalo. He's a right tackle for the Bulls, but he's a good run blocker. Um, what I really like about him is the way he angles his body to create a running lane. I think that's really, I, I think that's really good. I mean, he, he really can open up some holes, you know, sort of when they do that, you know, sort of, you know, halfback dive when they, when they go between the tackle and the guard, um, he really holds it up on the right tackle side of things. Um, he has lots of upper body strength. Um, maybe he needs to position his body better as a pass blocker. And he, he kind of was getting some help in their system. But yeah, I mean, maybe maybe kick this guy into guard, and he could he could he could hurt some people. I want to mention a couple of other offensive linemen since we're staying with the theme. Uh, another Miami Ohio offensive lineman center, Danny Godlewski. He's been a four-year starter um, at the school, or he is going to be one as a senior. And I just I, I love what he brings: the tenacity, the toughness. He's a good run blocker. And he's been nominated for the Remington um, Award two or three times already. One of the top centers in the 2021 NFL Draft. And also keep an eye on left tackle Jalen Moore from Western Michigan. I think this guy is a very good run blocker. He needs to uh, clean up in the pass protection department. And that's why I don't anticipate that he's going to stay at left tackle. I think he's going to move to either right tackle or guard because he excels as a run blocker. Uh, but Jalen Moore is another guy that I think has a lot of upside out there. Um, anybody else you want to mention? No, I mean, you, you know, admittedly, I mean, it's kind of hard to find good tape on on these Mac guys. But I mean, there 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 will be good Mac players that will emerge from this draft process. 
I want to mention a couple of other Buffalo players. Uh, Jarrett Patterson, the running back, he's a junior. I think he's the top Mac player in the 2021 NFL Draft. This guy wasn't a highly recruited player, but I love how he gets a lot of yards after contact. He runs with good balance. He's not the fastest guy. He's not the toughest guy. He's not the most physical runner out there, but he just always seems to grind out those yards. And he's been the driving force for the Buffalo resurgence, especially during his sophomore year. I think he had over like 1,500 yards. Big-time player, Jarrett Patterson. Malcolm Coons might be the, the top defensive player in the MAC. Another Buffalo guy, he's a defensive end. He had nine sacks last year. He's got good get-off. Tyron Hill, uh, the safety, all-around safety for Buffalo. Antonio Nunn, a wide receiver from Buffalo, makes a lot of contested catches. Needs to become a better route runner, but he has good hands and just makes a lot of catches in traffic. And I wanted to mention another corner, uh, Manny Ragumba. He is a player from Miami of Ohio. He's a transfer from Iowa. He spent two years at Iowa. He's a long corner, and this guy is a shutdown corner, as good as it gets, especially in the MAC. Usually teams stay away from him. So those are a couple of guys. And another tight end I wanted to mention, Quentin Morris from Bowling Green. This guy's kind of a big wide receiver uh, in a tight end's body. He just makes a lot of catches, and uh, he's... He's the number one weapon on the offensive side of the ball for Bowling Green. Quentin Morris is definitely going to be at one of those all-star games, whether it's the Shrine game or the NFL PA Bowl. A couple other wide receivers to just finish off the preview. Jack Sorensen from Miami of Ohio, good route runner, solid hands. And Justin Hall, the, the slot receiver from Ball State. He's very quick and elusive after the catch. That's basically the, the Mac preview. We, we gave you a, an overview of some of the prospects out there. And the Mac always produces a lot of, uh, a lot of good prospects when it comes to the, the NFL draft. What's your closing statement? You, you've got one, Ed? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, 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 I think another thing that'll be sad, you know, just talking about the Mac is what is it? You know, we usually have the, the Wednesday night Mac. And uh, yeah, that, that, that could go away this season, too. Yeah, we're like I said. I'm, I apologize for us being pessimistic, but we're just we're reading the news and we're seeing more conferences, you know, cancel their 2020 fall season, and just it doesn't look good right now. It doesn't. It, I'm optimistic about the NFL season. I, I'm really down about how, having a college football season. I hope I'm wrong because you know I'm I'm passionate about the NFL draft. I'm passionate about college football. And, uh, you know, I don't know what I'll do without college football come fall season, but we'll talk about the NFL. We'll, we'll do some scouting reports and, you know, we'll, we'll do some other great stuff on, on this podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blitzcast. Take care.